I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. Joining me today, I have Coach Adam Kedge from Albuquerque Academy with almost 25 years or over 25 years of experience there. Uh, he was 2016 New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, he's a science teacher there at Academy. He was the 2018 Track Coach of the Year uh, from the National High School Athletic Coaches Association. More than 31 state titles and just a ton of experience. Thanks for joining me today, Coach. Seb, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I think, you know, the biggest thing that, especially after, you know, this past year that I'm kind of curious about is how did you kind of keep your kids motivated, you know, when when everything shut down last March? I wish I had a, a great answer for you, Sebastian. I don't. Honestly, I don't. I purposefully gave the kids initially when things happened i kept in touch i kept in touch with the kids for the past 14 months but initially when covid hit we were all at a junior varsity meet at rio rancho i don't know if you were there or not at the beginning of the track season i believe it was march 11th uh, when we had found out that our school albuquerque academy was going to be the first school one of the first schools nationally if not the first and certainly the first school in the state of New Mexico to shut down because of COVID concerns. Uh, there was a contact between a school employee and a citizen. And on March 11th, we shut down. Um, and initial information was that um, we were about uh, a little over a week away from spring break. And so we were gonna start an early spring break and go through spring break. And we thought that this would wind up being a two to three week endeavor where we got an early spring break and that we'd still be able to have track practice and that so the kids were uh, i i hate to phrase it this way the kids and the rest of us were kind of excited you know hey we get some extra days off not knowing the real magnitude of the situation obviously in hindsight not knowing the magnitude of the situation so uh, we were off on our early spring break and i just said hey we can do this people have thrown us a curveball but uh, we're resilient and if any school can do it and any team can do it, I have faith and trust in you guys that you can work hard, prepare, you know, for a little while on your own and be ready to go on the day we get back from spring break. And this is going to be a wonderful story when we get to the state championship and you guys are ready. And so I pumped them up and uh, my thinking was, you know, this isn't too bad. We've hit the track. We've hit it pretty hard gives us a chance to kind of get our legs back, get on the grass or, you know, do some workouts on your own, uh, try and get in the weight room if you can, and be back in two or three weeks for, you know, a long push to the end of the state championship. But obviously since then things, and, and I'm not making light of the situation, things have spun out of control crazily, you know, more than any of us as just individuals and citizens could have ever imagined uh, so I tried to keep my team together, tried to keep them to meet in small groups and work out um, all along the way, telling them that they need to do it in conjunction with uh, their permission from their parents on what uh, their parents might have thought was safe and allowable. And my kids were pretty good for a while. They were pretty good. I was hearing that, you know, they were heading. We found every track in the in the city, our, our campus itself got shut down and kind of boarded up or uh, welded up. And you know that from having an opportunity to run at Albuquerque Academy and slipping through the gates just in, and having free reign of the campus whenever you needed it to now there's not a, there's not even, there's not an inch that hasn't been welded shut and you can't get in there. So our kids were pretty good about, uh, you know, heading to La Cueva, heading to Sandia, heading to El Dorado, heading to what I call the, secret track down in the middle school down in the North Valley, which I don't want to give you any more information on <laughs> so that you don't uh, wind up using it um, so that I have it when I need it in order to go down there and run with my two boys and 
along the ditch and, and then on the track. And so we were really, really good for a, a good portion of time, six, eight weeks. But as time started to go on, uh, interest started to dwindle, uh, motiv- motivation started to wane. And all of us, I kept, I kept on with my kids. Um, but there was a point as we we're getting close to what would have been the state championship where I just said, hey, you know, now might be a great time for you to get a little rest for you to abide by those restrictions. Uh, I, and I always told them to abide by the strict restriction, but abide by those restrictions that, you know, our government agencies and leaders are putting on us, you know, stay close to home, um, maybe do a little bit of exercise in your backyard or your exercise room or your garage if you have it. And um, then maybe start getting motivated so that we could have a long, hard push to the state cross country championship. Uh, it's funny that I say to the state track, to the state cross country, to the state track, I'll probably mention it again. Um, one of the things that's always in my brain is that, you know, my, my, I won't say my life revolves around the state championships, but, you know, some of my thinking professionally as a coach is, you know, where state, when is it, how are we going to get ready for it? And so as we turned towards the summer, I started to turn towards the cross country mindset uh, still having the kids meet in small groups if they were allowed. Some were allowed, uh, some were not allowed in our program. Uh, some did really, really well, uh, but we lost a lot, Sebastian. We lost a, a lot of kids. We lost a lot of kids just to motivation, um, to health concerns, to uh, you know, not really knowing or having a full grasp, at least what you know how COVID would spread and and what it means for them and their families as individuals um some some as you know some families and some individuals are much more cautious than others and some uh, through a means of just i don't know political whatever yeah beliefs you know have completely different thoughts about things and you don't want to be out there mask free hugging one another all the way up to whatever um so yeah we over the summer my numbers started to dwindle we got ready for cross country Maybe I'm making this too long of a story, but we started to get ready for for cross country. Um, Ultimately, our school was really, really cautious. Uh, So we didn't really have uh, much summer meetings, many summer meetings. And certainly we didn't start in our fall meetings until the NMA said this was the start date. So we didn't do much preseason. We might have met a couple of times. Uh, I counted and from March 11th when we got canceled until uh, all of this last calendar year, 2020, we had a total of 11 practices as a group. And so um, very few. Um, part of that, like I said, was our school was, 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 was uh, really cautious. Part of it was that I um, was cautious myself because when we started up, um, we were excited and eager, at least those kids that were out in the fall, excited and eager. And we got shut down again, as you well know. And it, um, it really took a toll on, on my team because I told them we can do this, we can wear masks, let's have faith and, and get it right and work hard and let's be the team that overcomes. And um, yeah, we kind of got slapped in the face and I'm not blaming any one person or group, um, but we got slapped in the face and we all got shut down again. So um, I went back to the mode of saying, hey, get it in with small groups, get it in with your friends if you can. Doesn't even matter if they're on our team, you know, if they want to go out for a run, whether it's your older sister or younger brother or neighbor or the guy from whatever, Hope or La Cueva or, or wherever he may be, you know, let's just get you moving and get you going. Um, the good news is that we're back up and running. Um, literally, one of the One of the things that I felt like my team has been built on over the past 25 years, and you know this from being involved in coaching and being involved as a runner, was that Albuquerque Academy, although we had 640 high school students, we had the Red Army. You know, we had a mob of kids. Um, We had depth, um, especially, you know, through the bottom of the varsity and into the junior varsity. We've always had, you know, great, great depth. We've been able to compete with the biggest of 5A schools sometimes even bigger than that with schools from around our region or around our country. In our heyday, we were able to do that. Now we're kind of um, a little bit wounded in the sense of, in the sense of our, 
team depth and balance. Uh, it feels like uh, uh, my top assistant, Joe Lopez, we've been you know, friends and, and, and coaching partners for a long time. We talk about the fact that just our JV is gone. Um, we go kind of varsity, 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 varsity kid, and then we move all the way down to C team. And if one kid's not running, we're literally filling in with a, you know, 21, 30 boy or something like that. And I understand that some programs had been like that for years. Ours was never like that. When when we lost a 1740 guy, we filled in with a 1755 or an 18 flat guy. And, and that's not us anymore. Uh, so we have a big task in front of us. The good part about it is that we're back. We're moving a little bit. We're going to beat the halls and uh, talk to each one of our kids to find a buddy, bring them out. Uh, we kind of have a motto on our team is um, you don't have to be fast. Um, you just have to be handsome. And as long <laughs> as you're, as long as you're handsome, um, we'll take you and we'll find a way to make you fast. If you're not handsome, there's other sports. I mean, you can go play, you know, on the baseball team and we joke, but uh, you can go play on the baseball team or something <laughs> like that. So we're looking for, um, you know, I, I say handsome because we're now in the track season and I coach the boys, but in cross country, it's boys and girls. And so, yeah, we're looking for every handsome, able body that we can to help build it back up and um, build it back up during the course of this spring into the summer uh, and through the summer into the fall and hopefully beyond, but it's going to take us a little while. Well, you mentioned there, you know, maybe you were making this a longer story than it needed to be, but I, I don't, I don't think so because I think um, a lot of people, can relate to exactly you know what you talked about and and what you were going through and i know you know for our team it was it was the exact same thing i remember actually as an elementary teacher i was sitting in uh, at the end of parent teacher conferences and the governor getting ready to speak you know telling us you know everything was going to get shut down and um, one of my coworkers had already come through to tell us like hey albuquerque academy is already starting basically spring break early and that and and i remember that exact same feeling of like okay you know we're gonna have spring break it's maybe gonna be an extended spring break let's see you know how we can get this under control and and kind of go forward and and obviously as you spoke um towards you know it just did not work out that way uh you know but it, it was fascinating you know i do follow you on instagram twitter uh and I, I think it was on Twitter, maybe it was an interview you did, I can't remember exactly, but uh, you had talked about, you know, again, we only having about 11 practices, you know, during that time. And you had had a practice when we were able to in the small pods, and you basically were like, I, I can't be the mask police, I can't be, you know, this and that, we don't know when the season's going to be starting. And I know, you know, for my school, that was kind of a reassuring because we were kind of going back and forth me and my head coach and, and our other assistant and kind of like you know what what are we doing and, and being able to kind of see other people in the state you're like i said yourself included that they're just like you know this isn't going to work it, it's better you know just go ahead and go and run run as you can right now because we don't know when it's starting and you know to to be enforcing this thing you know back and forth again not knowing when things are going to start it was it was very nice to see someone else kind of putting that out there. So I appreciate that for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, we, we have struggled. And uh, I, like I said, I'm really optimistic now that hopefully, um, you know, I won't use somebody else's, or maybe I will, that we're rounding the curve, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, I'd like to think that. But for us, uh, for me, for my assistants, for our school, um, I think it's back uh, literally, and I'm not exaggerating, it's going to be an 18 to 24 month endeavor to get back anywhere close to what we used to be as a team, which I'm okay with. I'm really looking forward to the challenge of starting ground zero, like, a new, like building a new program, see if we can do it again, because that's how we did do it. We started and we just built and built and built over the course of a few years. So I'm looking forward to, to that portion of it. At the same time, I really want to do my best to serve those kids that have been focused and motivated because I think, Seb, one of the things that we have found 
is, um, and I like to use this term, is that you can't hold a good man down. And so for those upper level kids that are motivated, COVID did not and is not going to stop them, you know, and will not stop them. The kids will run, you know, a kid that's disciplined, a kid, a, a young man or young lady that's focused will just, you know, nothing's going to get in their way. Nothing is going to get in their way. And so I don't think it had as much effect on the top two, three kids in every program. Um, I would have loved to have seen it not had an effect on my top eight, 10 or 12, because if it didn't have effect on my top eight, 10 or 12, there's kind of a critical mass to cross country. It's, uh, you know, thinking about it, uh, there's kind of a critical mass to a cross country team. Every once in a while, you get two or three kids that are just super motivated and ready to go. And you can do fairly decent with two or three kids, but it's not till you get to the point, and they don't have to be super talented. It's not till the, you get to the point of maybe having four, five, or six kids that are all on the same page. And when you have four, five, or six kids that are all on the same page, then you have 10 kids. And I know that sounds silly, but one or two, two or three young men or young ladies that really want to be successful as a team and want to be successful as individuals, sometimes, most often can't turn the tide on the whole team. But there's a critical mass number that I would say is literally four, five, or six. And when you get that on your program, it changes your program literally for three, four, five years. And um, that's what we need to get back to. We need to find four, five, or six really young kids that just want to listen, want to get better, um, and won't let anything stand in their way to do so. And when we do that, or when you do that at Sandia, or when another program down, down the street does that, and I don't mind seeing that, even if it's, you know, at my expense at Albuquerque Academy, um, they can do amazing, amazing things. They can really do amazing things. And so to get back to my point one, I want to continue to serve those motivated kids that are on my team so that they can finish strong. Most of them seniors right now. Um, but I also have, you know, uh, one foot in the bucket where I still want to, to find that, you know, future charger, uh, the skinny kind of goofy young man that's walking through the hallway in the science building that maybe you and I both were, you know, um, and I want to find him and his friend and the other guy that's, you know, in orchestra or on the chess club and get them all together and build the superpower Albuquerque Academy that um, I once knew and loved and that you may have known and despised. You know, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And hopefully we can start to build that back over the next 24 months. I think that's great. And I think a lot of programs are 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 going through that and, and are going to be going through that. And and I want to get back to that, but I want to talk about, you know, that motivated kid like you're talking about. And, you know, I'll mention one, you know, Justin, Justin Hickey, your top boy, who I was able to have on on the podcast back in October when we thought we were going to have a season. And um, at the time, you know, he was obviously running he was being self-motivated he was also looking for for colleges which you know was i'm sure difficult at that time you know without a whole lot of you know current numbers which coaches are are looking for and so did he start out you know motivated like that or is that something that your kind of coaching system kind of helped him grow into uh justin has always been fairly well engaged um, and uh, a talented young runner, uh, but his work ethic has set, certainly set him up for success. Uh, and so his work ethic with us and hopefully beyond when he gets to Brown University is going to set him up for, for future success. It's not only, you know, we say, well, this young man or this young lady is the hardest working ever. You know, I could go down that list. There's, there's other characters and qualities and characteristics in runners that a lot of times coaches don't talk about that I think are equally important. And one of them is the ability to literally endure, not endure like in a distance run, but to endure day after day, to get you know kicked in the teeth, Sebastian, or punched in the face repeatedly by 
disappointments and setbacks, whether they're minor injuries or illnesses, or just kind of stinking it up when you didn't think you should have or had to. Um, those characteristics and qualities are characteristics that I'm looking for in any young kid that I'm working with. Ones that will stick by your side and that as a coach, you have empathy enough to stick by their side when it seems like things aren't going their way. When, you know, that whatever elusive five minute mile barrier just doesn't come or six minute mile barrier or seven minute mile barrier. And, and then I think that allows for you to share in the glories of, you know, the first time a young lady ever breaks, you know, 21 minutes in the 5k, you know, I think that um, the the value of that uh, shared accomplishment goal is 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 much more rich and much more uh, much more savory than than if you, you know, just align yourself with with the the green pastures and the, and the gold medals. So it's it's great hearing you talk about you know, again, not kind of talking about any individual kid, but just kind of talking about your kids and as a whole, it's, um, you know, I think a lot of coaches have it, but just hearing that love of, of the sport and, and the kids that you're coaching and the kids that you're, you're spending time with and, and knowing, you know, not knowing, but just having this idea of like, man, they're going to go on and be great, whether it be in running or with something else. And, hearing that in your voice without necessarily, you know, speaking towards that is, is amazing. Well, thank you. I am, um, you know, a lot of times you start your interviews by saying, so tell me, how did you begin as a runner? Right. I was fully expecting that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started off and I'll just, I'll just go through briefly. No, go I for started, it. I, I'll st I started off as a runner in elementary school um, uh, and like many people that you've interviewed, because I've heard some of them, I wasn't a great athlete at the time. And honestly, I wasn't a great runner, probably never was a great runner, uh, but had a little bit of success along the way. I started running in elementary and then in middle school and then in high school. Um, uh, you probably don't know this, but at high school at Española Valley High School, surprisingly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I know you're part of Team North. I am. <laughs> um, I kind of consider myself the founding father of Team And that's what we used to call ourselves when we got to the university at the University of New Mexico, which we share that as well, um, was the group of walk-ons from northern New Mexico that uh, the coach didn't want to give any scholarship and didn't feel the need to give any scholarship to. That Whereas hopefully when we got a chance, you know, take a swing at the the guy that was on you know, partial scholarship or full ride or the guy that was from, you know, who knows where from overseas or, you know, wherever. Um, so, yeah, I kind of consider myself as being the founding member of, of Team North in that. And so I ran at Española Valley High School and had a little bit of success. Went to the university, University of New Mexico, uh, wound up being a walk-on and then from there, uh, ultimately earning a partial scholarship and, uh, you know, being one of the leaders on the team, both academically, uh, behaviorally, uh, as well as uh, performance-wise, although we had a you know, really, really good squad. Um, but yeah, so I kind of still feel for those kids that had to work their way up and work their way through and find their way between the, you know, the fine line in running of you know, what is success and what is failure for me right now? And what is ultimate success and failure going to look like for me in the future? And so I'm still, I'm still the underdog, uh, you know, kind of young guy that just kind of wants to prove myself. I know that sounds like super silly when you think this guy has 31 state titles. Um, you know, I, I'm, I still feel like I'm, I'm the little guy and just, you know, this is the one that really matters. If I could, you know, if we could just kind of figure this one out and build our squad that, you know, we'll prove to everybody that we can, we can do it, you know? And so there's still the little chip and, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, that chip, a notch of that chip comes off a little bit here in the next few months and into next fall and into the following spring. And then the next fall after that, <laughs> and so on and so forth. I, I, I love that. Um, 
you know, I, 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 you know, a lot of times with, with people that is, how did you get started running? Where did you go? And, you know, I'm just looking at everything that you've done and how many times you've talked and this, I'm like, oh, he's probably answered this so many times. I'm going to, I'm going to jump over this way, but I think it is so important. Like you talk about to the coaching because for me, I mean, I, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like to be, you know, in the back of C team. And I know what it's like to be, you know, one of the top in your district. And, and there is, you know, that, like you said, that chip of kind of proving yourself that idea of like, I know what that kid's feeling. I want to make sure that kid sticks with it. I want to make sure that kid goes through the program. And, and even just that idea of like, I mean, it's great, you know, when you, when you get a, a boy who's running, you know, in, in the mid to high 16s as a freshman, like, awesome, great. This, this kid has the talent, but, you know, his growth is going to be a lot smaller. It's going to be a smaller increments than you see that kid who comes out and he, and he's running a 22. And then the next season he's down and running, you know, 19. And then he hits that 18. Then he hits that 17. Like I, I, I feel you. I have a, I have a special place in my heart for that kid <laughs> because it is, it's just a, uh, uh, you know, like you said, I, I know that feeling and it definitely, I think it informs the coaching so much through that. And I don't think we ever want to lose that feeling, or at least I don't. I think that it's one of the things, because we can talk about, okay, coach, tell me about the workouts that you do at Elk. I mean, you must be doing something special. You must be doing something. You know, I hear it's three times a day, coach, you know, and I hear it <laughs> five days a year. And I hear that it's, you know, 15 miles you know, every day, you know, whatever it might be. No, 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 and no. Um, the, the magic doesn't lie in that. Uh, and, and I say that from being involved in track and cross country all my life. Seb, last year on March 11th was the first time in over 40 years of my life that the normal daily routine of my life changed of wake up, go to school, go to practice and go to meets on weekends in over 45 years. I'm not talking about just in coaching because I'm only 56 years old. Uh, I'm talking about, I started doing that in the sixth grade. Every year from the sixth grade to 56 years old, I woke up, went to school, did a little bit of homework, went to practice, and went to meets on weekends every season, cross country and track and field. So you can add that up. Uh, and so, um, you know, to have that gone for a year made me realize, you know, what is important? And and obviously, there are things that are far, far more important than running health and family and, you know, and God. And, and, and those things are, are critically important to me. But when we're talking about running, it was tough when that was gone, you know? Yeah, I, I, I you know, for me, I, I, I definitely jumped back kind of into my own running. Like, okay, I can't meet with the kids so I can, you know. I get to get a little bit more of my own running in, which was nice, but it, it's a, it's a different feeling than watching that kid improve from the beginning of the season into, you know, that end of May state meet and, and getting to see like, Oh man, I, I remember when this kid, uh, you know, I, this girl was having trouble running 67. So now she's running, you know, low sixties without a problem. You know, it's just, it's it's a different feeling for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. So, and you know, so talking about kind of being able to get back into, I, I hate to say normal, but <laughs> you know, at, at least we we were able to have some cross country meets. We hosted the state. You hosted the state meet. You know, what was that like to, after everything that went on the last year, to be able to not only get back to running, but to host the state cross country championships? It was um, certainly a balance between a good portion of work and a short period of time to pull everything together uh, with the, obviously the help of the NMAA and the people over there, uh, our administrative staff, including our athletic department, uh, my assistant coaches and myself. It was a quick juggling routine. 
Um, I have to give a huge thanks to Building and Grounds. We have a couple few employees on our campus who just worked, you know, for a good portion of time for, you know, probably two or three days consecutively full time on just getting things ready. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it was challenging. Uh, it didn't uh, allot me the coaching time that I would have loved over the like week leading up to the state championship. Seemed like I was always doing state championship, uh, hosting state championship responsibilities rather than coaching state championship responsibilities. Uh, and that's not an excuse for our performance. Um, I'm proud of the kids and how they did. I, I certainly, um, you know, think that they uh, had a pretty good season. Um, and, but then also to, to reopen and reuse our course, which to me has been, our course in our campus has been kind of this community exercise area, especially for the high school levels. You know, I know that you can't take your dog out there anymore and, and walk on the course, which you were able to do two or three years ago. Um, but just to kind of reopen it up, like you say, to have a little touch closer of sense of normalcy. Um, it was nice to showcase Albuquerque Academy cross country course or facility, because that's really what I view it as. I view us as one of the few, if any, schools in the state of New Mexico that have a designated cross country course that's there for people to use, not just us, not just to our advantage or some home course advantage, because there's not that um, that um, people could use, you know, whenever they needed it or wanted it. And so it was nice to kind of get that opened up. And hopefully one day we can progress pretty soon where you can get back out there and say, hey, you guys meet me there on Saturday morning because we're doing some, I like this hill that's back there, or we're doing, you know, uh, four times 1,000 meter out there or something like that, and nobody pays you any never mind and just uh, enjoys that you're out there running. I, I will say that that um, being able to meet there and, and do kind of that horseshoe two hills there in that back corner is, you know, one of our favorite spots to to hit up, you know, two different grades and then go on yep. the lot, you know, the other big hill, like it is, it's, and it's something that, um, you know, our team definitely appreciates and, and uses and, uh, you know, misses now, but, uh, it, and it's, it is, like you said, I mean, it is a community place. You know, that Let you off. Don't know. And for anybody else that's listening, um, the young, young kids from the track club years ago, 10 or 15 years ago, Name those the the steep and curvy one, Papa Bear, and then the long one that you generally come down and run in reverse direction, Mama Bear. And so those are the two hills, Papa Bear and Mama Bear. <laughs> and and the other one on the far side of the arroyo was called Harper Hill because it's by Harper Gate. But yeah, those are the two hills you're talking about, Papa Bear and Mama Bear. Oh, fascinating! I didn't know they had a they had a name. We always called the one just the horseshoe, and then the big one. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, going back to kind of what you talked about, you know, with rebuilding, you know, you, you talked about you, this is how you did it from the beginning, you know, but how, how important, first of all, is it that you, you do have the middle school kind of tied with your school that you're able to kind of grow kids from um, that younger level into the high school, into your rebuilding process? You know, every program in every school has their unique advantages and there are many many disadvantages and i think sometimes as coaches we worry about what academy has that i don't <laughs> or you know, no literally seriously I, um, and i could go down the list you know i could say well how am i ever going to compete with the woodlands you know in houston texas when their school is 4,600 students or Great Oak and, you know, Temecula, California, who has a huge school with great facilities and outstanding coach and, you know, sunny days of 72 degrees. Well, you know what? Any program of any level, at least in their division, if they do a couple of things can be successful. And I talked about that. One, get that critical mass, that change of attitude that carries over not just for one or two kids, but for four, eight, 10 kids, if they can get that and then also take advantage of whatever advantages they have and minimize the disadvantages that we have. 
I can go through a list of things where you'd say, well, coach, you, you got it made. I mean, you have this course, you got this beautiful track, you have grass fields, you have these kids that don't have jobs, you don't have any kids that flunk out, you know, you have all kinds of great stuff, you have a middle school program, you have all kinds of great stuff at your school. Well, we have disadvantages too. I, honestly, we got, uh, you know, like I, like I was talking about, my school was super cautious, probably one of the most cautious over the past year. Um, and just, and I'm not saying that my hands were tied, but, um, you know, we had to play it safe and we do have to play it safe. And so having our middle school program and having great coaches, Coach Solomon, you know, Solomon Candy, he works with our middle school program. Maggie Waring, who went to Sandia High School, she's one of our coaches in our middle school program. Having great coaches and great people um, is definitely an advantage to us. Having two or three faculty members that are also coaches are a huge, huge advantage. Um, like I said, uh, Coach Lopez and I, we both coach kind of the middle grades, eighth grade, ninth grade. And so we're kind of tapping in on the kids at just the right critical time in order to convince them to be involved in athletics and we're on campus. Um, yeah, having our courses is an advantage too. But we also have very stringent academic standards. I can go down the list. You would be surprised the names of kids who have wound up being incredibly successful in high school athletics in the state of New Mexico that had desires to come to Albuquerque Academy and for whatever reason, whether it was, um, you know, academic, you know, weren't there yet academically or maybe didn't have the transportation or the finances or something like that. I mean, uh, there could be an all-star, literally all-American all-star list of those as well. We don't get transfers. We don't get people bumping in and out. We got uh, a lot of on-campus activities, which is really, really good for our students that take place daily. But we also couldn't run a program that says, if you don't come to Tuesday's practice, you're not on the team or you're not running on Saturday. That cannot happen at my school flat out. Um, there are times when kids just have to miss and will miss practice well beyond what we normally think of, of, oh, this kid's dedicated and he never misses practice and never puts something in front of track across country. I got kids sometimes that, uh, you know, I just kind of really, really have to work with and bend over backwards with just because of where they're at academically or extracurricularly. And so uh, in summary, yeah, it's nice to have our middle school. It's nice to have a great course. It's nice to have a beautiful school and a beautiful campus. And uh, I'm grateful for all those. And we take advantage of all of that. Um, but um, that doesn't mean that it's just like easy. Academy is good because of all of this. Um, kids still have to do the work, you know. And even to have a coach who's been around for 25 plus years and say, well, Coach Kedge must, you know, have it all figured out. He's won a lot of state championships. He's, you know, made it to wherever and done whatever. I've seen him in these meets and on these interviews. It's still the kids that have to, you know, do the literally do the legwork. You know, they have. And if you don't, then you don't. And it doesn't matter how, you know, how smart your coach might think they are, or how magic you might think the program is, or how fast one of your previous, you know, predecessors in the program was. You know, previous All Americans doesn't make you an All American. You still got to run. There's no osmosis in running. It's called get up early, wake up before everybody else, get out the door when people aren't watching, and, and get down to business. And if you're willing to do that, you could be rich or poor, tall or short, you know, skinny or fat for a little while. Um, and as long as you have, you know, some handsomeness to it, you got a chance. So, <laughs> so at least you got a chance. So. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm still asking my kids to do. And if I was at this school down the street, I know that there's great kids everywhere and they can take advantage of, of all that's been gifted to them and make up for those things that they've, they've been slighted on. You know, you said that so well. Like, I, I'm, I already got my run done this morning, but you make me want to go out and just do another run right now. Like <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that, that motivation, you know, but you're, you're right. It is every, every place is going to have, you know, their, their pluses and minuses. And, um, I can tell you've thought very, very deeply about it. I can, I can hear a little bit of that chip coming back out. <laughs> 
But I, 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 I like that, you know, it really, you know, like I, I said before, like it really, you care about this, you know, I, I, you're passionate about this. And again, the kids have to do the work, but, but seeing a coach who's passionate about what they're doing is, is going to go a long way towards that. And another thing that'll go a long way is, is continuing to, to learn and to, you know, study running and, and what other places are doing, which I, I think you're doing. I mean, you're one of the few coaches that I, that I see, like I talked about, I follow you on Twitter. You're one of the few coaches I see that's on Twitter that I see, you know, you're posting about these, um, uh, these groups that you, that you talk or, or meet with and, and are constantly doing that. How important is, I guess, has that been, you know, being having access to the internet now and being able to kind of learn from from other people and I guess in talking, being able to kind of distill what you really believe in with your coaching? I think it's critically important for all of us to continue to try and grow and try and learn. Sebastian, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to hear you know, the biggest of the big dogs, you know, kind of speak, you know, I, I got to go to a clinic with Mr. Newton. If you know who uh, Joe Newton is, is the legend of high school cross country coaches before he passed away. Um, I've had an opportunity to speak to a good number of college coaches. I've been most influenced though, by what I would consider to be my peers, my peers of New Mexico and some of my peers from around the country and just have such great respect for um, many of them, and I could go down the list and name after name after name. And that's where I'm still learning most from. Um, but as I talked about previously, and as you touched down when you said, well, you, I can tell you're still passionate about it. Um, what drives me still and where I learn the most is from, from those coaches, uh, men and women, who you just know have a heart as much as they do as a mind for track and cross country. So it is great to learn about the great workouts of, you know, wherever school you want to mention, whether it's far, far away university or high school um, or whatever, or closer New Mexico in what they do as far as workouts. But, but workouts, I'll say it again, the magic doesn't lie in the workouts. The magic in coaching and the magic in running really lies in kind of fueling that flame, which some kids have as just a spark you can say it's in their belly or whatever and you you flame it to till it becomes something special um that's where the true magic lies in, in coaching and in running too uh, once you ignite that or once it's ignited in a kid and it could be ignited in many different ways i mean it can be ignited completely out of happenstance or out of spite. I mean, a kid can decide to become great simply because, you know, the football coach told him he wasn't going to do anything or the soccer coach cut him or even his cross country coach said, no, you don't get this year's uniform. You get last year's uniform. It doesn't matter what it is, but if there's a way to kind of kindle that fire in the belly of a kid, then I'll say what I said, you know, half an hour ago, you can't hold a good man down. And there lies the magic. And when you get to that point, or when a young man or young lady gets to that point, um, it's amazing what they can do. I almost become emotional just thinking about, you know, some of those kids that it just, the fire won't stop burning. How do we get that? And um, so I'm motivated by finding the next kid that I can just turn on to running that you would think that kid. I mean, and I go down the list of some of the greatest Albuquerque Academy runners that you that you've heard of that you went against. I mean, you were kind of Matt Twist era and, yep. you know, maybe a little Ben Johnson era. Some of the kids, you know, the great Academy runners of years past. You wouldn't believe where they started and what they were and how they looked and you know what their bodies were like um and then some of the other ones that you thought were your surefire age group club kids that are just going to set the world on fire you know when that um when that spark kind of you know flames out a little bit it's almost like disappointing so how do i keep that going you know and so 
um, you know, that's, that's what motivates me a lot. And I do learn from my peers. Uh, I learn on Zoom. I go to clinics. I still attend clinics as, you know, um, as an attendee whenever I can. I speak. I've spoke at a number of clinics. I'm probably up more over 10, 12, 15 from around the country. I don't know why they need to know about Albuquerque Academy at the, you know, Florida High School Coaches Association or the Georgia High School Coaches Association. But, you know, a couple of free chicken dinners and, um you know, an airline ticket to see someplace. And uh, I'd be happy to share with just about anybody. And so I'm always willing to share that too. And there's there's nothing that I wouldn't share. I mean, I'll give you my best workouts and I'll give you, you know, what we do. And surprisingly, you know, we're not knocking it out twice a day and we're not, you know, 75 miles a week or something like that. Um, you'd be awfully surprised to think, you know, just the contrary so or to see. So... I know. I think it was just yesterday you tweeted out, you know, yesterday's very difficult workout. And it was a picture of a hill and said, we're going to run up and down, up and down, up and down until you're very, very tired. <laughs> and I, I, I think that speaks very much to your point. I mean, that's something that I think almost any coach who has a hill that they can get to, it's on their list somewhere. Well, and I think that that maybe that tweet is also by design because you follow people on the internet as well. And some people tend to get distracted on the fancy and the cute and the shiny. Um, but you know what? Think about some of the distance running greats and what they did. I mean, it's still to me, and I'll say it again, it's still about, waking up before everybody else. And somebody will say, no, it's about how much sleep you can get. Well, yeah, sure, sleep is important, but it's still about waking early and getting out there as often as possible, enduring when things don't go right, and you know, keeping at it so that one day you can have that little moment in the sun. And sometimes that little moment in the sun can be something bigger than you ever imagined as well. And so that's that's still my quest for my team, you know, to share in some of the things that past Academy teams have done. You know, I'd love to get back to Nike cross nationals again. I'd love to get back to having a kid win the, you know, age group nationals or set in an age group record or a national high school record. Imagine that, imagine that for, for a young man from Albuquerque Academy to set three national high school records and, you know, prestigious events. So, I want to see the next kid that has that in his belly and I want to see him achieve it. Uh, and if he doesn't or she doesn't, I also want to be right there by his side too, you know, when things are down. So I think again, you know, well said and, you know, thinking about that and, and, you know, being there for those kids makes me wonder, you know, how did that feel when it was, your own kids, your own boys that you were, you were coaching and helping kind of get to that level. One of the things that I'll cherish the most, Sebastian, is the ability to, to share the high school years with my three children, my oldest daughter, who's uh, just showed up for a visit and is in the other room and is a lawyer here in town and her athletic, uh, her athletic path. And then my two young sons, or I call them young, but they're, that are college age kids that are college athletes right now, running at the U.S. Air Force Academy. And being able to, although I didn't coach my daughter too much because I wasn't coaching girls at the time, just being able to share in her little bit of running and a little bit of discus and a little bit of javelin and a little bit of hurdles just to kind of watch her develop as a young athlete and then to watch my boys and, you know, running distance and mid-distance and cross-country middle school all the way through high school and uh, to be their coach and uh, to um, to be able to coach them as uh, all three of them or share with all three of them their high school years is probably uh, my fondest or some of my fondest memories of my life that I'll cherish forever forever and um, you know, I long to be there with them, you know, although they're at school and I don't get to see them because their track meet schedule always conflicts with my track meet schedule. 
Um, there are times when we go to a Friday night track meet and I get home at 8.30 or 9 o'clock and then I'll wake up at 4 o'clock to drive someplace to a local state, you know, surrounding state, just to get to see them run for two minutes or hopefully less, yeah. you know, <laughs> 52 seconds or something like that or nine minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it might be. And so um, my wife and I do that uh, every once in a while if you see a white Jeep dashing out of town at 4.30 in the morning you'll know where we're heading, so. <laughs> I, I can imagine that that's definitely got to be a, a sense of pride for sure. And um, I think I saw that your your older one, uh, Eric, just got to run at the new Hayward Field. And so I'm sure that must have been pretty amazing. Amazing, amazing for him, the new Hayward Field. Yeah, it was, it was neat. And my younger son, AJ, is going to get his opportunity too. You know, he might just be a step away from that, and hopefully, it'll come whether it's next week or or next month or or into next year. I have full faith that it will because, um, you know, both of the boys um, have as much if it, if it hasn't bled through in the interview today as much passion, if not more passion for running than 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 I have, and certainly are talented and um, have had their they're good days and some down days too, but uh, just keep going at it. It's so cool to see them. And I'm so proud of each and all three of them. I'm, I'm so, so very proud of and just the young men and women that they've become or are becoming and how athletics has helped them along the way in that too. So, yeah, it was nice for, for Eric to get to go to Hayward and to get to run. Um, he would have liked to have his best race, but we know that doesn't always happen for, for, for no reason beyond just, just not your day. You know, there's days when not your day. Um, and I tend to have a good number of those days myself sometimes, <laughs> and I'm not talking about running. So, <laughs> uh, You know, you've, you've gone to coach some pretty amazing athletes and you know i i could go down a list and, and name kids and, and this and that but you know where do you think new mexico running kind of sits in just kind of the bigger scope of of you know high school running in in america in general it's it's been really really neat to be part of first of all and i think that probably our cross country and our distance legacy is probably well beyond our track and field legacy. I don't believe that uh, overall in the history of our state that we've had the same types of track programs and great track athletes that, you know, maybe the larger states, Texas, California, Florida, whatever, have had. But I think cross-country running has been something very, and distance running has been something very, very special in this state for a long period of time. And you can go down the list um, from people like Tony Sandoval and Chuck Aragon and, you know, guys like that. Um, and all the, you know, George Young, all the way up to guys that you ran with like Ben Ortega and Matt Gonzalez and Cameron Clark. Cameron was one of the most beautiful runners I had ever seen. Um, and ladies as well. I mean, when we're thinking about, you know, some of, some of the female distance runners and even just some of the, you know, Julia Foster from Academy and, you know, um, all kinds of great runners that have gone through the state and Brandon Leslie. Um, and so we have such a rich tradition. It's also something unique and special because not only is it part of our history, it's part of the Native Americans running community. It's part of their life and their religion as well. And so I think that we have an extra special place um, uh, in, in the history of distance running because of that. I mean, and we see it when we go to a high school meet and you see a team from Theroux or Crown Point or Navajo Pine and they, or Zuni. I mean, Chris Carroll does such an amazing work out there, um, you know, and you got the opportunity to work with uh, Coach Williams for a while. And what he had done in the legacy that he had built in, in, in Gallup and uh, Bob Vanderveer and Grants and uh, Bob Jackson when he was coaching, you know, out in the western part of, of the state. It just kind of blows me away to have such a rich, rich tradition in history. And I think that's going to continue on. Uh, like I stated, maybe in track and field, we don't have that. But we've had some amazing individuals. I mean, just recently when you 
when you think of, you know, Jordan Bird and, you know, Curtis Beach and, you know, kids like that for years that were super good. So, so uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it is a rich history and it's, 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 uh, it's fantastic. And I don't know if there's any other place I'd want to coach really, but I'm a little partial being from here. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I mean, I grew up here too, like I said. Um, I've been here for a long time, so. Absolutely. You know, what are you, um, I guess, what are your goals for your, for your kiddos for this track season um, as we're getting <laughs> ramped up for that now? You know, I could, I could approach that two different ways. And honestly, the big ultimate goal is I want to see some kids with smiles on their face from, you know, literally running a PR or feeling good about their performance. Um, but we did talk about Academy's rich history and tradition. You may not know this, but uh, for us in track and field on the boys' side, we've won the past five state championships. So it's pretty easy to set performance-related goals when that's happened. And so that's going to be a very, very difficult task for us this year. Um, so I think that would definitely be one. But, you know, just for kids to be healthy, be happy, feel good about what they're doing. Um, if they are seniors to go on to their college careers and maybe a couple of them run competitively um, on a team, but also for the rest of them to compete or to have fun staying in shape. And if they're not a senior, for those kids to still maybe um, flame that spark a little bit and, you know, want to get better, want to improve as they go into the summer and into the fall and into the next spring, having for them to be able to set goals and for them to realize that if they work towards those goals, they'll have a great opportunity, not a guarantee, but a great opportunity to, to achieve some of the things that are in their heart. And so, um, I want to share with them whatever that goal might be. I want to be there for them to help them in any way that I can. Like I say, I can't run with them and I certainly can't run for them. Uh, but I'll pedal my bike along the way or drive out and set up a water cup or a water bottle where it needs to be if that's what they need to. And then make sure that they have a ride home, you know, before their mom comes to pick them up. And so uh, ultimately to to love what they're doing, to set a goal, work hard for it, and to uh, enjoy the journey. I think that's, a, that's a, a great way to think about it. You know, kind of on that note, I have, I have uh, one more question on that till we kind of get to, I've got a couple of last questions, but, um, you know, the, the state meet this year for track and field is going to be in, uh, in late June. And I know a lot of our cross-country programs often will start picking up you know in you know mid to late june to start that preseason work uh how is that going to change for you this year with the state meet you know track getting pushed so much later well we're going to dedicate our time to getting ready for the state track meet do one thing at a time and um you know on june 25th i think is the 4a state track meet um on june 26th I'll start worrying about cross country, but certainly, <laughs> um, you know, I'll give the kids and encourage the kids to take the time they need to become a good brother and sister, to become a good, you know, family member and citizen uh, for their bodies to recover because recovery is so critically important uh, for their minds to regenerate um, and for them to, you know, set some goals in order to get better. And we'll start working probably in mid-July um will we be behind uh not if we can get those kids you know all the way to state and state track meet and not if they are um really interested in being successful i don't view us as being behind right right now um like i said we need new young smiling faces we need bodies and if we get those um i'll take my chances on the rest of it whether or not we can get the work done whether or not we'll have a plan that will be effective and implement it and be able to execute it by November-ish. Um, you know, we just, we need to, our, our team needs to get back to double the size. Um, and uh, if anybody wants to compete against us, you know, um, 
if you can double your size too, that's going to give you your best chance, literally. Um, uh, like I said, at our school, we could probably have more, but, um, you know, we do send some to baseball. We talked about that, why they go there, or, you know, to soccer and why they go there. But um, uh, otherwise, we'll take all that we can get. That, that sounds great. You know, you talked about not running with the kids, but you'll you'll jump on the bike and pedal alongside. What is your relationship with running currently? Uh, I probably run... 15 miles a week. Um, you know, I was a, a decent high school runner, you know, two flat half miler, 430 miler. That's the saying, right? Everybody was a 430 miler in high school. Um, I was a decent, probably better collegiate runner than I was a high school runner. Uh, competed fairly well in the Western Athletic Conference. I've tried to, uh, I tried to run a little bit competitively, not at a professional level, but just, you know, road races and stuff like that uh, post-college. Now I do it for fitness. I try and stay in shape. Uh, my issue and my problem is that my um, wife is a wonderful cook and a wonderful baker. And um, there's nothing I love more than sweets, cakes, pies, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm always fighting that, honestly. <laughs> um, if there was a hang up that I had, it would be nothing like fresh baked goods. And um, I'll say it again, uh, Lisa's amazing at that kind of stuff. So I'll run 10 to 15 miles a week. I'll bike 10 to 15 miles a week. I'll do more during the summer and cross country season than I do to the track season because track is just crazy hectic. You know, I'm coaching eighth and ninth graders in the hurdles. I'm doing the pole vault tomorrow. Um, you know, I got a lot of responsibilities. I'm doing entries. We're doing uniforms tomorrow. There's going to be school pictures, There's, you know, and so track season uh, and running uh, I know this sounds completely silly, but at least for a coach track season and running don't really mesh together cross-country season is much more casual and a lot easier to get in i'm trying to stay fit um i'm not doing as well as i i should um yeah i bet you i'm a 23 24 minute 5k guy right now 56 years old so that's where i'm at and that's not too bad for 56 57 I think that's a that's a great spot to to kind of wrap up. I, I really appreciate your time. I obviously have the last question that I ask everybody that um, I, I believe you gave Coach Sal a little uh, flack on on Twitter. So I got to ask, what uh, music are you listening to to kind of get you up and motivated, ready for the day? I tell you, Seb, I knew something similar to this was coming to the questions. And um, <laughs> I've, I've listened to a number of your podcasts. And honestly, it's kind of, you know, they've kind of all started out really, really good. And you get right towards the end and boom, they kind of fall flat. Uh, <laughs> I, will, I will say this, that new love might be R&B. Country might be old love. Uh, blues might be lost love, but the love for running has to be classic rock, anything <laughs> classic rock. And anybody who deviates from that just doesn't really understand what we're doing out here. And so it has to be just some good 70s, 80s kind of classic rock, some Bob Seger, you know, um, Eagles, Johnny Cash, even some heavier stuff. It could be like ACDC and Def Leppard and Van Halen, but it has to be some 70s, 80s, 90s classic rock. Um, I listen to a good portion of that, but I'm also trying to listen to some, some better new music. But, you know, to me, Playing it on the computer is not music. I mean, that's just where I was growing up. You don't make music on a computer. You make music with a guitar and drums and, uh, you know, maybe another guitar and somebody singing and that's about it. And so once you start getting beyond that, it's just like, well, you know, that's computer programming or whatever. And that stuff just doesn't excite me at all. <laughs> well, I think that's a great answer. I, I, I definitely think there's a place for the classic rock and there is some, I mean, you, you mentioned some stuff. I'm like, I can, I can already think of some songs and obviously there's some great uh, kind of running themed songs in, in that era for sure. I, I remember I had a coach who we were out on a, on a long run, a tempo run 
and was in a truck and drove by kind of checking on making sure we were, we were doing well and we're like yeah and he drives past us and he's you know playing uh, another one bites the dust by queen and that one uh, <laughs> i like that that's good that's what we need another one bites the dust like a rock it's almost like you can that in a like a chevy commercial or something yeah. like that. So, um yeah uh well, like I said, I really appreciate your time. I think this is a great conversation. I, I I really feel like I could have picked your brain for for probably another hour. But um, I is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? You know, I um just want to wish every if there's a kid out there listening, certainly. But if there's a coach out there listening, every team, every program, every coach. The best of luck. Um, I hope that your kids, you know, reach for the stars and grab one from up there and, uh, you know, do great, great things. And I look forward to watching them. I also miss and look forward to seeing all my friends, you know, old and new out there on the track, out there on the cross country course. You know, it seems like we're starting to get through this a little bit. Let's get through it. Let's share the times together and have a wonderful season. So good luck to everybody. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.